Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Everybody go nuts! to the game. 
I asked my daughter about this, if, and she's like, oh, I love that song yes. by the Jonas Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm super grateful that they did it because it's, at least pe people in America have heard of the song. So not a lot of people know that it's Busted Song. What she said was profound to me. And I asked her this morning, I said, I'm going to interview the guy who wrote Year 3000. She said, I love that song. She said, I said, why? She said, because it has great storytelling. Yeah. That's what everyone says to me about it. Yeah. As, anyway, but I don't mean to interrupt your story. No, I mean, that is, I, a lot of people, they say the same thing. I think the lyrics are so not normal. They're not the typical lyrics that you hear in songs. There's certain lyrics that are destined to be song lyrics, and there's certain lyrics that aren't. And I think Year 3000 has a lot of those lyrics in them because um, that song really was musical improv. I was bored. I was sitting at my piano. And we I'd been writing a lot of songs. And most of them at this point were with Matt from the band. Matt and, Willis. Yeah. He would come and stay at my house. And we had been introduced to write songs together. We'd known each other a little bit before, but we both auditioned for the same band that we didn't get into. <laughs> and so we were like, let's start our own band. <laughs> and so we had this manager who, I don't know, he saw, he saw that, he saw in me that there was this writing ability, but he was a big part of why I started to take songwriting seriously because he was the first person to tell me that my songs weren't very good. Like a lot of, family members like your mom and dad are always going to love your songs right you know sometimes yeah well they they don't tell you your songs are bad because they don't know right they don't want to discourage right but he would be like you know i play him songs and he would have no problem like tearing them apart and that's not a song and one night we did come home from a night out quite drunk and we did write a song that ended up being the first song that he approved of which was what I go to school for, which was our first single. That was the first song, good song that we wrote. And it was a hit. But Year 3000 came after this. And the way that it came about was we'd been writing so many songs, right? Trying to get approval from the people that we knew believed in us, but weren't prepared to take it further unless we got better songs. We were writing a little bit like our lives depended on it and it was a lot of songs and year 3000 was like we were so exhausted from writing songs you know <laughs> writing songs like you know all day every day just songwriting a couple of kids a couple of teenagers you know at my parents house and we'd sit there in the day and oh what are we gonna write today you know <laughs> and i had this piano which was you know, in the dining room of my parents' house. And I, it was in a window and I sat at it and um, we, we were quite, I think we were quite unmotivated that day. So I just sort of bashed, started bashing the keys, like three chords straight, not like the way it is right now, but it was just C, G and F, all white notes. Cause I wasn't a very good piano player. I was, I was teaching myself to play piano. And I was playing those chords over and over again, you know, C, G, F. 
you know, C, C, G, G, F, 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 C, C, G, G, F, 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 F. One day when I came home at lunchtime, you know, like, and I, I just started singing the song. And that's why the lyrics are so stupid is because I was making them up as I went along. And I started singing the song and I was just making up a stupid story. I was just telling a story to myself and I was doing it over those chords. And I sung the whole verse. I played the chords of the pre-chorus, but I didn't have any lyrics because like, my, my mind gave up on me. But then I went, kept going and I went back into the verse, which I turned into a chorus because the chorus is the same chords as the verse. And I started singing Year 3000 and it was improv. So the verse and the chorus, as we know it, was improv. Just stream of consciousness. Stream of consciousness in the moment, just like, and not not even believing it would go anywhere, right? Not even dreaming that it would be anything. But there was something about the way the chorus wrapped up with the great, great, great granddaughter line. Oh, I love that line. Um, is pretty fine. Um, which the Jonas Brothers changed for Radio Disney. That's another story, but they... <laughs> but. I kind of got to the end of the chorus and Matt was sat right next to me and he was listening and watching. And I kind of looked at Matt at the end and I was like, is that anything? <laughs> and he was, <laughs> and he was like, yeah, like, yeah. I kind of like that. I mean, <laughs> it's something, but I mean, it's a bit silly, but like maybe. And I was like, I think if we could figure out what the words are between the first verse and the chorus, it could be something. Because if you look at the lyrics of the verse and the chorus, they don't transition. Right. So it was like, how do we do that? What are those lyrics? Right. And so we spent, Matt and I, we spent an hour forcing, we just wouldn't give up on, on the lyric. We were like, we were determined to find the the two lines to bridge the gap between the two sections. And we were like stuck. I didn't think we would get it because sometimes you have those moments where you think, I mean, can we even get it? You know? Right. But we just didn't give up. Cause I, I you know, you kind of, uh, we have to get it. You know, we, we, there's got to be something there. And I knew that I wanted it to rhyme because it was a very rhymy song. And I knew that I wanted it to make sense. Yeah, because time travel makes yeah. sense. Yeah, well, because I think, yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, time travel. No, time travel. I know, that was that was funny. Uh, sorry, I'm-, I'm No, but I get it. It's yeah, early in the I morning. I didn't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> no, like, what the thing is, is that uh, what you got to remember is, is at the time it was, it was the year 2000. And the, Robbie Williams had this song called Millennium. And it was everywhere. It was a huge, huge song. You couldn't not hear it. And if you lived in England around that time, you you heard that song everywhere. And I just thought, you know, I think that was in my mind when I was originally coming up with the words was, what about if we just did a song about the next one? Wouldn't that be cool? You know, about the future. Yeah. And I'm a huge Back to the Future fan. Obviously. I mean, Back to the Future was was everything. You, know, you have a band named McFly. And, well, yeah, well, I mean, and that, this that song whole, is very Back to the Future yeah, referential, well, right? I mean, I wasn't in McFly, but I mean, or, or the band songs for them. But the band originated with me and Tom writing songs. Tom, Tom auditioned for Busted when we looked for a member. And, um, and then Tom and I, we, we remained friends. We, I invited him over to write songs and those songs eventually became for 
the band would fly. Right, right. But um, with with the pre-chorus, we got the lyrics. He told me he built a time machine like the one in the film I seen, and that was the empty space that we needed. Yeah, yeah. And then by the time you get from the first chorus all the way to the end of so the first verse, the end of the first chorus, you have the song. The song exists. So year 3000 existed like that for a long time because we didn't know if it was sensible enough. We didn't, we didn't understand what we had. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Because it's just this idea in a room yeah. at this point. Yeah. We didn't get it. We knew it was funny. We knew that it was enjoy. You know, like sometimes songs can be a little bit serious, right? Especially like, it's like the package. Like you know, some, you've got artists. If you've never heard of an artist before and they go, oh, I'm going to be huge, check out my song. And the song's really serious and they're really earnest or whatever. It's like, it's not fun, right? And I think part of Busted's, part of Busted's appeal was that it was fun. Yeah, I think you and Blink-182 had yeah. like, you know, there's a tongue-in-cheek it was fun. aspect to... It was just fun. It just put a smile... Doing yeah. funny things it, in your in your songs. It put a smile on pe people's faces right. and we were of an age that it felt not out of place. We kind of just let the song sit like that. You know, that version that Matt and I had in that room at my parents' house. And it just kind of sat there. And our manager kept saying, you know, we evaluate all the songs that we had and what songs are we going to play when we see record companies? Um, what songs are going to be the first ones that we record when we go in the studio? And he kept saying, you know, the song that always showed true potential was the land of 3000 because he never remember, the, <laughs> he, he'd nev never remember the names of the songs. <laughs> so because you know and um it sounds like so the yeah. land of the dinosaurs yeah he, he, some... he had these other names for all of our songs and that was what he called that song so one day in a hotel room in london we would meet a lot of you know we'd meet a lot of, do a lot of our meetings there you know with record companies they'd be invited to to the london intercontinental at high park corner they would come and hear us play acoustic and we were leading up to some meetings in the hotel and it was at this point charlie Charlie was in the band and we tried to find a second verse <laughs> for year 3000. And it was like really funny because it was actually probably the best time I've ever had writing a second verse because it was such a funny concept. I mean, you could say anything. A second improv session following the first improv session well the, it wasn't an improv session no, because it was orchestrated no but it was it was very different to the first part because we had this song really yeah, the, the song, song structure yeah we had we had the structure of a verse a pre-chorus and a chorus yeah and we knew the second pre-chorus was probably gonna be the same that's what yeah. we were doing back then and we knew that this the chorus was the pre-chorus was like a big it was like another chorus that went before a chorus sure so we knew we had that we knew we needed three lines really to finish the song so what we thought would finish the song. So if I told you some of the lines that were, was, I mean. Oh, I'd love to it, see and, the and, outtakes. And, 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 and the, and the I mean, the if we tried to do a reconstruction of that whole scene, it would just be, it's too funny. Because like, you know, our manager would always try and chime in with lines. And, <laughs> and like, and they were the worst lines ever. 
Do you have those outtakes? Um, do, you, do you have that written down? Any of this yeah, stuff? I know. I know exactly. Okay, you I have can't, it in your head. I, yeah, because like, I, I can't forget it ever because it was just, it's too funny. It was so yeah. bad. It was good. Well, it was, it, well, it was, yeah, it was so weird. But um, eventually we got the lines, you know, like the boy bands and another one and another one and another one, you know, and because it was just like, hey, let's just paint a funny picture of the next millennium. Triple-breasted women yeah. swim around town. Yeah, which is totally like, naked. Yeah, yeah, which is just—it's—it's it's a stupid. It's like I say, it's a stupid song, um, and it's—it's it's just a bunch of teenagers in a room like having fun. So we had we got that, and we went to record it. It was one of the first songs we recorded with the producer at the time, Steve Robson, and he also really thought the song was good, and we got to. The, we got to that point, he was tracking the song and that funky like guitar part was never really in the song in the beginning. It was, it sounded too much like Sweet Home Alabama. Uh-huh. It was like, dum, 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 right? Right. Which is Sweet Home Alabama with different chords. So uh, we wanted to change it up and make it. So that, that guitar part came later. I put that in later, but the middle section, the I took a trip to the year 3000, it was Charlie and I, like we were in the studio and Steve Robson got to that point in the song where he went, he turned around and went, okay, so what what happens now? And I was like, well, that, that's it. That's the song. And he goes, no, like what's the middle section? Like, what is it? And I was like, well, don't, we don't have that. And he was like, and he kind of looked at us like really unimpressed. And he was like, go outside and write it now. I'm, you know, I'm tracking, go, go and do it now. I was like, okay. So me and Charlie, we went to this, we went to the stairwell, which was outside the room that we were recording in. And we just came up with the, I took a trip to the year 3000 part. And this song had gone multi-platinum and outsold Michael Jackson. And, you know, like all, all those, all those lines, that section happened in the studio and Charlie and I did that. And then we went back in and put it down he was like what is it we, we sung it in and he went that's great it just went over the existing music right the existing chords so and that's the song and i think that last part is what makes people feel like it's storytelling you know it you start off going to the year 3000 and then in the end your record becomes a big hit the seventh album. Yeah. And the weirdest thing was, is that our second album, it got released the same week as Michael Jackson number ones. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and we almost outsold it, <laughs> but he beat us by 500 copies. The song just had this like personality that struck a chord with everyone. And I don't think you can plan that. I don't think you can, it's not something that you can just, create like on demand right it's just it's it's there's either a, a thing there or it isn't there it's very difficult to try and recreate that it's very I, I don't think it's easy to write another one like that because a lot of it had to do with our age i don't think we could write that song now so fast forward not to the year 3000 so much but to the jonas brothers picking up year 3000 and wanting to do it yeah that was a really weird story. Busted broke up in 2005. 
I got, I started another band and, and I think it happened after my, I guess another band, Son, Son of, of Dork. Dork. Yeah. And, um, that band, I think, oh, I know it, I was still in that band and, uh, I was planning a show for that band where we were going to bring a lot of unsigned bands to London. And I was in a meeting for that and the phone rang and it was, uh, an international number and I picked it up and it was a guy called Dave Massey. who's a record executive in the U S and I've been writing songs. Actually, this kid had cut my song when he was 13 and his voice hadn't broken and his name was Nick. It was a song called appreciate and it happened through Dave Massey and Dave Massey said, it's not working out for Nick. His solo things just, you know, not happening right now. We're going to do a band with him and his brothers. We want to do like a busted style band with them in the U S and we want to find songs for them like busted. And we, we want to do year 3000. I mean, is that cool if we do year 3000? And I said, yeah, I don't think you need my permission to year 3000. I mean, it's out there so you can cover it, right? Like it's not a big deal. Lots of people cover songs. And he said, no, but we need to change some of the lines. There's a couple words in there that Radio Disney won't play. And I was like, well, what do you want to change? <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, well, we, we can't, we don't want to say pretty fine. Cause you know, we want to say doing fine. We don't want to give Disney a reason to like not spin it. It has to be really clean like really clean. And I was like, okay. I said, these are all like really minor things. And he was like, yeah. And then they said about the Michael Jackson thing, which I, I don't know, like I, I always sing the Michael Jackson lyric. I'm a huge fan. I think, you know, there's no, there's no real proof of anything. And I just kind of feel like I'm a huge fan and nothing's ever going to change the music for me. And it's huge inspiration. So, you know, they wanted to change that line for radio Disney and, and I was like, I think that's really lame, but <laughs> you know, like it's an executive calling me from like another country. And I was like, I didn't know this band. I didn't think anything was going to happen with the song. As far as I was concerned, it was like, I'm going to say yes. Cause it's this powerful record executive, right. Calling you. I'm also like 21 at this point. I'm just like grateful for any opportunity that comes. I was like, look, if you think the song's a hit for them and you want to change a few words around, I was like, fine, you know if that's what you want to do, but I don't particularly want to change the words. I, I like the words the way they are, but if you want to change them, change them, but you can't get publishing for it. That's got to be the thing. Cause it's like the song's already out there. It's already a hit song. So my song. Yeah. It's not your song. It's my song. But if you want to move those words around, you got my blessing, right? That's what, that's what they wanted. So I was like, yeah, do that. I didn't think honestly I'd ever hear it again from them. And I, I, you don't think, you just don't think that that stuff's going to happen. Who is this Nick Jonas? Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, but honestly, it's like, you just, those things seem so far fetched. So I was in America and I was at my friend's house and there was a Miley Cyrus concert playing on television. And all of a sudden the music changes and I recognize the song and these three guys come out and one of them's wearing a gold jacket and like, I'm like, what? This is this song sounds so familiar, and then I realized I know this song. <laughs> it's my song. <laughs> and then, and then all of a sudden, 
the song everyone knew the song in america it was a big hit it made a lot of noise over here and i'm really glad that we did let them move a few things around because they took the song to a whole new audience they took you know it's it's been incredible for the song you know the song's more it's global now yeah you know that's got a what's that make you feel like to have a global hit like that it's it's really it's special because um really anywhere you go like people have heard, i mean in in america like i spend a lot of time in america i got my visa and i do a lot of music here and people know me really as the guy that wrote year 3000 they don't really know about busted so it just shows you know how that there's there's different levels of hits you know you could have a hit song in one country and no one knows about it in another country to have a global hit song is a lot different it's very different yeah yeah ohio ready for some quick mental health facts let's go nearly two million ohioans live with a mental health condition in the u.s more than 50 percent of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. 